Big fan of the Gray Man series, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. But first, I want to give a big shout out to OSD, Overcome, Serve, and Develop. They sponsor the show. I'm a big part of them now. I'm the director of corporate philanthropy. So please check out OSD. We have a huge, huge promotion going on right now where Xbox, Xbox, you know, Cool Call of Duty and all the other good games right now are matching donations to OSD up to $250,000. So please check out OSD and more details on our website at weareosd.org. Mark, thank you. Appreciate hey, you joining me, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, was it, I can't even remember when I first started reading. What was it, 2009 when your first book came out? Yeah, 10 years ago. Yeah, just over 10. Wow. It doesn't seem like it. And, you know, I... It doesn't. <laughs> does it to it, you? It does. No, it absolutely <laughs> doesn't. And it's just funny because my editor just sent me a message the other day talking about the 10th grade. This is the ninth book, uh, the one that you have there. Yeah. And, you know, we're working on the 10th book. And he's like, can you believe it's 10 of these? And I'm like, no, what? where does the time go? But, you know, staying busy. So it's good. You are absolutely busy. And uh, I wanted to say congrats on air about your uh, about the big news in your personal life. Yeah, so, yeah. Congrats, man. I just got engaged, so I'm pretty happy about that. Getting married in September. That's very cool, man. Uh, yeah. Going gone are the days of just hanging out with the dogs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not all it's cracked up to be. It, it, no. She has dogs too, so it's going to be more dogs. Kids. Merging that family. Yeah, yeah. It's be <laughs> Brady bunch of dogs. Let's get let's get back to you and um, about your writing. And you, you were back in the Clancy days, so you've been writing for a long time now. It's just something like, you know, you get your degree, international relations, and then you're like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to write. I'm going to forsake well, a career and anything else. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that is what I thought about doing. But did I, did I sit down and do the work that it took? No. Um, I actually started writing a book. Yeah, so I, I've studied um, uh, international relations and political science in college. And I was a big, big reader. And the first novel, the first thriller I ever bought in my entire life was Patriot Games. It was Tom Clancy's <laughs> book, which is so surreal. And um, it's funny, I bought it in a grocery store, which is still where I shop, like a, a few blocks from, from where I live now. It's just bizarre. Not that much has changed. And that was 86 or 7. Um, and I bought it and I fell in love with it. And I was already a big reader of, of nonfiction and, and history and whatnot. So... I just became obsessed with Clancy, read all his stuff, read all of Frederick Forsyth, all of Nelson DeMille. Um, I got into Stephen King. I got into everything where I just mm -hmm. was always reading. And I guess a couple of years of that went by before I had an idea for a book. I was taking a course in international terrorism in the criminal justice department. And, um, and I just got this little germ of an idea for a story. And I wrote this little short story and, um, I'd hate to see it now, but it was probably pretty good for somebody that's never done anything like that. And, uh, and, and so then I started thinking about long fiction and I started writing a book in, in 1990 and I didn't finish it till 2005 <laughs> and immediately, so it was 15 years. And that was just, that's not because I was researching the whole time. That's because I was lazy and I didn't really believe <laughs> in it. And, uh, and then I went and wrote another, my second book in seven months and uh, the gray man, which is my first published novel was my fourth uh, completed novel. So that was the first one that got published. 
Well, one thing I want to put this out there with the audience. So same type of thing. One thing about Clancy's fiction is it's so stream steamed in like realism. Like you can yeah. kind of believe almost everything's happening. Yeah. I'd like to say the gray man is almost at that level. I mean, he does, <laughs> does do some crazy stuff and yeah. uh, a lot of hairy situations, but one thing I love about the character. So everybody, the new book before we even talk about it is one minute out. Um, it's part of the gray man series, but the gray man is different than your typical protagonist. He doesn't come from like the military background. He doesn't come from, you know, he wasn't born and bred into this. Well, yeah, through his father and stuff like that, but it's a different type. You're not getting that ex Delta force guy. You're not getting the ex sealed ex this you're getting someone who's like born as kind of like an alpha predator. And it's, it's a really cool concept. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I could, to that, I could say, the idea when I conceived of him was that he he was different from other people. He was an outsider. And even when he was at CIA, he was an outsider. Even when he was rolled into a, a team, like a task force, uh, one of several guys, he was sort of the kind of the odd man out of the team. And I just wanted the psychology of the character was real important to me. And it's so easy to make shorthand for your character by saying he's an ex Navy SEAL. And then mm -hmm. like somebody reads that and they're like, okay, he's got this skill set and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, and, and people are wrong a lot. I remember I got criticism on a, on a Tom Clancy novel because uh, John Clark was an ex Navy SEAL. And I was saying, I said something about his French, you know, his Russian was rush uh, was rusty um, because, you know, he's in his sixties or whatever. And mm -hmm. he spoke it in the earlier books. And I remember getting a very angry email from this, this guy. And he was like, he was a Navy SEAL. Their Russian doesn't get rusty. And I was like, <laughs> I know some Navy SEALs. They don't all speak fluent Russian. Uh, but but there's this perception, there's this perception of superhero or whatever. And a lot of guys do the Navy SEAL thing and, and do it well, or the you know, the X mm -hmm. thing because their protagonists have these vulnerabilities and they don't fall into that like, well, he's a superhero. Um he's a tough guy with with vulnerabilities. Um and so the the gray man, I just wanted to make him not part of the establishment of what you would expect in one of these books. And he does get beat up mentally and, and physically and everything else. Yeah. I want for that guy who said that about the Russian, let me tell you something. My wife was a Russian interrogator in the U S army. All and, right. Uh, Good for her. Fluent in German to this day. But mm -hmm. when you don't speak a language all the time, you are yeah. rusty. So oh, you're yeah, telling for sure. me, you know, yeah, she I, was I, a Russian in 91. So, yeah, yeah. I speak um, uh, bad Spanish and bad German, but a lot of it. And, uh, and, you know, it's something you have to keep up. I was I was speaking about something I knew something about, which is the difficulty of foreign language. And this guy was speaking uh, about something he didn't know something, you know, what he was talking about. But he was very sure of himself. Yeah. One time I was a uh, the Mexican liaison in a border patrol for my shift. And if right. I, I can speak fluent back then. But now I'm like, uh, <laughs> como me llama? No. But, you know, I, you brought up you brought up something there. You're you're speaking your languages. And one thing, you know, I do follow you on social media is you do a lot of research. You're traveling, you're taking notes, and this next book, it touches on trafficking. How did you do the research for this one? Um, it, exclusively reading. Now, I have done some research in the past with um, some uh, police officials in Europe and discussed uh, human trafficking in, in a different vein, and so maybe some of that worked its way into the story. But for this book, um, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of location research in Bosnia and in Croatia and in Italy and here in the States. And I just did a ton of reading about um, 
trafficking and the, and the different veins. And some, some of it is very interesting reading and some of it is very, very dry, you know, like policy papers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I just sort of put it together. My, I, I wanted to represent it accurately, although the story, the specifics of the story are, are unlikely. I mean, you said that earlier that yeah, this, it's, a, it's a fiction his, book. Too. This is how, <laughs> yeah, th this is how a gray man book works. I have these incredible fanciful improbable things happening and I work my butt off to sell it to you by putting in real things all around mm -hmm. it. So, so you can look in there and be like, wow, that's exactly right about this one element of the bureaucracy, the CIA or whatever. And then the next thing it's like, wow, that would never happen in a million years. So <laughs> they're both in there and it's kind of my job to, to make you believe by, by holding up the real thing. Well, it's got to be fun too. You can't just like my next book is literally on human trafficking. It's on domestic human oh, wow. trafficking oh, wow. and it's not a fun topic no. and I can't make it fun. And I don't yeah. want to make it fun. I want to make it, yeah. it's nonfiction. It's got to be real and it's got to be dirty and it's got to be shine awareness on it. Yeah. But if you could have a fun book, like one minute out, I'm going to keep showing this is, uh, if you can have a book where, you know, you have your bad, you know, your bad guys are getting whacked. I mean, you can actually show justice at the end of the day. That That's it. Exactly. That, that righteousness, uh, and, and, you know, this extradition judicial stuff that in the real world probably wouldn't be utilized, uh, you know, only by saints, obviously, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it is a little bit of wish fulfillment. That's what fiction is. But I, I do try and put a lot of accuracy in there, especially about the problem of human trafficking. And, and, um, you know, it was, it was important for me that, um, one of the main or the guy that sort of runs the trafficking thing is an American because it's so easy mm -hmm. to say, Oh, we're out. You know, your your American hero goes over there and is with all these swarthy mm -hmm. people and who are doing bad things and he's got to square them away or whatever. But I mean, look at the Jeffrey Epstein case and uh, yeah. tell me, tell me, A, that this doesn't happen here. B, it's not coddled by, you know, important people, it, mm -hmm. you know. So um, so it was important to me as I was writing the book. I was like, this is a worldwide problem. And uh, it is. And yeah. it's so rampant, man. I uh, as I as I do more research and I write more articles for the paper and stuff on trafficking. It's everywhere. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I've been in law enforcement for like 20 years plus, you know, and I've worked border stuff. I work stuff here and there. And uh, mm -hmm. I didn't realize this was going on. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's not talked about that much. And the more you research it, the more, you know, it's the third largest criminal enterprise in the world. Um, some say the second. It's it's, it's kind of hard to quantify. <laughs> uh, you know, they, the criminal organizations don't turn in tax forms or whatever. But still, it's, it's $150, billion, $150 billion a year industry and and i think something like a third of uh here in the united states something like a third of the um of the trafficked trafficking victims are from outside of the u.s so they're foreign so i have these foreigners uh that are taken in uh bosnia or in the different places in the balkans and in central europe eastern europe and uh and then they end up in in los angeles and i wanted to sort of portray the pipeline i did a lot of research on how um these people are groomed and how they are recruited is the term they use but i mean you know it's coerced into you know into criminality or whatever so it's 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 pretty horrible and it's hard to make it fun it is and but you know one thing i have to say and i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully this sticks in your ears i love when he goes domestic i love when he comes back to the states hmm. and i could realize i could like you know kind of get a sense of where he's at and stuff like that yeah 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 it's really cool yeah, I want you know that that was important to me. It's only the second book where he's been in the U.S. in in nine books, and mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I went out to L.A. and I rented a, a tiny little house in the Hollywood Hills for about ten days, yeah. and and went everywhere and looked at everything, and and uh, and um, you know worked that into the 
last act of the book. Now, let's try something different. What is a typical day for you? Well, um, most of the time I'm writing. I've written two books a year for 10 years, and I'm probably going to get off that train to some degree, although there's I have a couple of projects I want to work on this year. I mean, I have a 10th grade man, but there's other stuff that I'm interested in. Um, but but normally I'm writing and I wake up early just naturally. And the first thing I do when I wake up is write. Um, you know, I make coffee and let my dogs out if they if they want to go out, if it's not too early and they're just looking at me. But and then I'll just sit down at my computer and I'll I'll work. And um, there's it always seems when people say what's a typical day, you always sort of give your ideal day. This is what I want to mm-hmm. do. I mean, I, you know, how 50 things come in. Yeah. And, and affect you. But, you know, I, I work until, uh, you know, 11 a.m. or something like that. And then I'll go to the gym and I'll take my dogs to the park or something like that. And in the afternoon, uh, I'll do more of the business side of stuff, either yeah. publicity or even reading for research, planning a trip, that sort of thing. That's that's most of my afternoon. So most of my writing happens first thing in the morning. Now, are you like are you using any programs like me? I love Scrivener. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they scribble on paper, they, yeah. they keep word documents. What Are yeah. you using anything specific? I wish it was within reach, but um, I sort of finished uh, this book one minute out probably in October and knew that I was going to have a couple months before I really had to get into the next book. So I bought pretty much every book on Scrivener, every manual, Scrivener for Dummies, all that sort of stuff. Huh. I have a stack of them and I've been watching videos and stuff like that. But now it's time to work on book 10 and I'm just really not ready for Scrivener yet. I mean, I have a decent process. I, I just feel like yeah. it could be, I know Scrivener would make it better. I just have to work on it, but I do everything in word and I do all my research in Evernote, which is an app. And yeah. um, I mean, mm-hmm. I th- you know, I store it all in there and it's pretty easy to pull it up and find it. And, um, and I just, I just write everything in one word document. It's not separated by chapters or anything like that. It's just one document. And it might be the dumbest way to do it, but that's how I've done it for 20 books. And um, if it ain't broke, it, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, it might be a little broke. I mean, I could probably, I could probably uh, have a smoother ride with some of these things, but at the same time, it's like, I was so psyched that I was going to really study Scrivener, like a, you know, a, a high school student. And I just, <laughs> I just haven't spent enough time with it to where I, I'm ready to just shuck word and go into Scrivener. Now, are you a write, 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 and then edit later? Yes. Although there's a lot of sort of times where you, you, you don't feel very creative. So you just want to go back and read through your stuff. So I end up, it's funny. The first third of your book is edited like by you 50 times more than the last third of your book, because you turn it in when you're done with it. Um, so a lot of times I'll go back and look at the earlier chapters um, just when i I want to work, but not be so creative. So there is a lot of write, 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 and then edit and then write some more and write some more. So um, I don't just bang out a first draft and then go back and read it again. Um, It's it's a, it's a hybrid. And one thing uh, on, on the publicity side and the writing side, is there some really good authors out there now? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem like a big competition. Like I Mm -hmm. saw your, uh, your acknowledgements and you and I have kind of like, we have the same crew of people that we know and, Mm-hmm. You know, Joshua Hood's coming out with Treadstone Resurrection. And yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a friend of mine, and I introduced him to the editor of that that gave him the deal. So I, I tease him every time I see him <laughs> that, that I'm I'm a, a kingmaker in the literary world because I, I hooked him up for that. Um, I didn't hook him up with the job. Obviously, he did. But I, as far as I, I made the introductions. Um, yeah, and he's a good friend of mine, and he lives uh, nearby. 
and uh, and then there's other guys too. And there, it's really not a competition. Like if somebody brought buys Brad Taylor's new book and mm-hmm. loves and loves it, they're not gonna just you know read cookbooks for the next year until his next book comes out. You know, if they enjoy the experience of of reading thrillers, they're going to read thrillers um, in that genre. So the guys that are closest to me, Brad Thor and Brad Taylor and Jack Carr and and mm-hmm. you know all these dozens of other guys i'm a jerk that you know that i'm a jerk for not naming right now um they you know we all sort of help each other out by by turning in good books i guess if we write a stinker then we're probably hurting <laughs> hurting the rest of us too well one thing about books too is it's you know i could go through a book in three four days if i'm doing an audible figure a week yeah but you need content and content now is, you know, when I was a kid, I would just engulf the library and buy books whenever I could. Yeah. And nowadays you have such access and yeah. you need more and having yeah. books similar, like the genre and stuff like that is, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool thing. Cause I don't yeah. want to transition from, Hey, you know, ancient Greek history to nonfiction to yeah. this, to that. I kind of want to stay, right. you know, in the same realm in this, in this lane. And yeah. And, and I, I've been asked if I'm going to write, outside of the genre. And I don't really think I will. I would like to do different things in the genre. Um, you know, and, and I have some ideas for some stuff it, to the extent where I have things that I've suggested to my editor. And he's like, yeah, we might use a pen name if you do that. You know, it's like, that sounds really cool, but it's, it's not how people know you. So it'd be a little different. So, um, you know, it's, it, this is the genre in which I've read pretty much my whole life. And people ask me, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, did you read, did you read everything? And it's like, well, I read some sci-fi and some like Stephen King and stuff like that, but, but 88% uh, political military espionage type thrillers. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm going through like some of the people, you know, and all that it's, you know, it's kind of the, the same group that's, yeah. that's out there. The usual and when, it's uh so Josh hood, Next time you buy coffee, you have to put it up a hood on there because we're we're do- doing that all over here. I saw that. It's kind of yeah. an inside, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Josh, if you're listening, which I know you are, uh, it's gonna it's gonna catch on. It's gonna go nationwide, and everybody's gonna have the coffee hood. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the book. When does the book come out? It comes out February 18th, Tuesday, February 18th. And are you doing anything special for the opening? Yeah, I'll, I, I'll go to San Diego the day before, and then the night of the opening, I'm at uh, a bookstore called Warwick's in La Jolla, okay. and the next day I'm in uh, the Poison Pen in Scottsdale, and then I go to Dallas and Houston, Memphis, where I live, and then Minneapolis. I mean, it, it just goes on from there. I, I think there's about eight or nine dates. Yeah, it seems like the Poison Pen's the place to be. Oh, it's such a, you know, it, they, they do an amazing job, and it's always a lot of fun. Um, Jack Carr is going to, I'll be there <laughs> Wednesday the 19th and uh, Jack Carr is going to moderate or host or oh, whatever. Awesome. He, he did it last year and we had a, a great crowd and a ton of fun and, um, and, and they Facebook, you know, live streamed it. So it was, you know, other people can see it, but yeah, it was, it was entertaining. So I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, hope we say, I hope we say something different this time than we say <laughs> last year. I sort of, you know, after all these interviews, I'm sure you're getting asked the same things all the time. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, one thing I do want to say is if you come to the DC area, uh, hit me up. Gladly buy a cup of coffee. Glad oh, for you, sure. Um, you know, get you into some museums and stuff that might not have regular access based on my uh, my wife's employment. So yeah, well, I, I I go to DC a lot. Um, I mean, I was doing it a ton with the Clancy books, but a lot of times I will go. Um, when you were asking about my typical day, as I get behind schedule and the due dates coming up, I will literally just leave town and just go to a <laughs> hotel. 
go to a hotel in, in some city and there's a hotel in Chicago I love and a hotel in Alexandria uh, that I love and and um, and I'll just go there and just work just sit in my room yeah. all day or, or sit down in the you know in the lobby and uh, <laughs> yeah so I had I get up to DC and I will I will definitely look you up and uh, my next book I'm really gonna I'm, I'm focusing on a fiction book after this book because I kind of need cool. I need a break from yeah all this, so yeah you I'm need somebody you need somebody in your story that's going to go out there and get some of the justice. <laughs> some positivity, man. Yeah. After 20 years of this law enforcement stuff and military and everything else, I'd like yeah. to have a, a winning day at the end of the day. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure you have. Mark, I'm really excited for you, man. And I'm thinking, you know, this is, uh, I'm the podcast world is incredible. I'm so glad I get to talk to awesome guests like you. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to one minute now. It's a gray man novel. Everybody take a look at it. And it will be coming out and you're going to be all over the place. So we'll keep an eye at you. We'll link to you and everything else. Thanks, Do you want to give a shout out to anybody besides Josh Hood? No, just Josh Hood. No. <laughs> um, yeah. To my editor, Tom Colgan, he, he likes to watch these things. And uh, oh, I, I, I love Tom. So, you know, it, I, somehow I got linked up with Tom about uh, a year ago and yeah. I'm always, he's always paying me. He's like, did you get Mark on yet? And I'm like, uh, I, 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 I'm like, you know, Tom, I have a daytime job. <laughs> oh, I didn't know this. This is great. This yeah. Is Tom and I, uh, we ping all the time. I have yeah. Don Bentley coming on and I think. Next oh, week. great dude. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, about his yeah. book. I don't know if you, I'm sure you read his book. Um, it's terrific. No, it's literally, you know what, with this, um, uh, with the podcast, I literally have a bookshelf. So this week yeah. I'm going to grab his, your book. I'm doing audio cause I uh -huh. have to, because it's like, I've, I've listened to all of my audio, but yeah. I have his book and I'm going to, um, I'm getting yeah. that one out there. Who He's else is in your, terrific. I think I have, uh, Josh has been on a couple of times. I'm going to have him on again. I think I have Rip Rawlings coming up soon. JT oh, you Patton should, you, soon. yeah, you should definitely have Rip Simon. And, and, and J, JT and Simon. Yeah. I'm going to have them all on. Cause I mean, I could talk books all day long and, yeah. uh, I keep the podcast. So all the listeners out there, if you haven't listened to any of my podcasts before, and uh, I keep them 20, 25, 30 minutes just because I want people, you know, listen to one podcast, whether it's a, a drive into work or, you know, drive home or whatever, and kind of just have a good chat. And uh, yeah. that's one thing I really appreciate. Mark, when you kind of get grounded and you're moving on to your next book, happy to have you back on the show. If you come around to DC, I'd definitely grab you a cup of coffee. And right. uh, excited to watch you, watch you grow more on social media and everything else, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on, Jason. Thanks, brother.